Hey you, you're listening to episode 181 and today we're chatting about all the reasons why people are afraid to go keto or stop doing keto or excuses why they're not doing keto, overcoming objections, uh, why some people go off keto because they think that alcohol is not allowed and they want to drink and just like the relationship we have with the ketogenic diet and in reality naming this episode excuses for not going keto is just so relevant because I think we we all get in our heads and we think it has to be like one way or no way at all and so when we quote unquote screw up just a little bit we just stop doing it when in reality every moment that we're here we have the opportunity to adjust things so a really good example of this is I've really been trying to eat absolutely zero sugar. And you might be like, Leanne, you've been keto for five years. Of course you're not eating sugar. But I still eat sugar. Like, if I go out with friends and we're at the movies and somebody has, like, some starbursts, I'm going to have some. Or when I – usually it's when I'm out. But sometimes, like, if I'm having friends over for a movie or I'm at somebody's house – and there's sugar about, I'm going to have like a little handful, but I've been really trying to stop doing this because I find like it's a slippery slope for me. And it also doesn't feel that good. Like when I eat the sugar the next day, I kind of feel hungover and just not good. So the other day I went into the pantry and we keep candies in our house. I think it's a very natural thing. And I do enjoy doing it. Like I enjoy keeping quote unquote trash food in the house. It stops the, um, weird relationship that I can get with trash food. And I say trash food, um, not that there is good or bad food, but there's just food that doesn't make me feel very good. And I keep it around to kind of remove its power. And the other night I was a little bit emotional and went for the trash food and started eating it. And I got about three pieces in and I was like, wait, I know this doesn't make me feel good. I think I'm going to stop right now. And I just put it down and walked away. And in the past, had I put a bunch of roadblocks of like, I'm keto, I don't do sugar, and if I do, I'm going to eat all of it, and then I'll start tomorrow, I probably would have kept eating it. And then I would have felt really, really bad the next day, and it would have taken me like three days to like start feeling better. Meanwhile, my gut hurts, my brain is all garbly gooped, and I'm just not feeling good about myself or my body. And so I wanted to talk today about this sort of stuff and also the um, kind of address the excuses we make up about why we're not doing keto and like really drive home the fact that just because you quote unquote went off plan or fell off the wagon, you can stop yourself in that moment, two seconds after that moment and be like, well, that was interesting. What can I learn about myself from this? And just step away from it. Because when we have this all or nothing mentality, we will eat the entire bag of XYZ and then feel really horrible about ourselves. But if we have a more balanced relationship with food and our bodies, we might get started and realize like, I'm just eating because I'm emotional. Instead of eating this bag of jelly bellies, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go for a swim or I'm going to go watch a TV show or I'm going to go meditate or I'm going to go to sleep or I'm going to drink some water or whatever you need to do that makes you feel better. So I think having that willingness to work on ourselves can be a really powerful tool in stopping the feeling like we're doing everything wrong and we continue to fall off the wagon. 
So I'm going to be mentioning a bunch of different things today. And I think one of my programs that might uh, suit you really, really well, if you're like, I want to go deeper with this is going to be my newest paperback keto for women. You can find out more details by going to ketodietbook.com. Now, if you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and the notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. And there's still some time to RSVP to one of the amazing cities that I'll be visiting on my book tour. I'm on tour right now, but I'm still heading to a bunch of places. So you guys can go to ketodietbook.com slash tour and see what other spaces I have available and which cities I haven't gone to yet. Last minute is always the best kind of minute to do these things. So go ahead, RSVP, and I can't wait to meet you in real life. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code KETOPODCAST. That's all one word. This 30-day program gives you a clear step-by-step how-to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international bestselling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. So there are so many reasons why people don't do keto or there are things that hold us back. Like we start and then we stop and then we start again. The first one, and I've talked about this so, so, so many times. And if you're new to keto, this might be a concern for you is that low carb diets cause ketoacidosis. So ketoacidosis, also known as diabetic ketoacidosis or DKA, is a life-threatening condition that occurs in people who do not produce enough insulin, mostly type 1 diabetics and occasionally type 2 diabetics. When you don't produce necessary supplies of insulin, your blood can become too acidic. While dangerous, it's nearly impossible for a non-diabetic person to get into the state. Ketoacidosis is is extremely rare in non-diabetic people, and when it does occur, it is due to chronic alcoholism, severe hypothyroidism or in conjunction with another abnormal physiological state. So don't let ketoacidosis stop you from eating keto or continuing on your ketogenic journey. Now, if you do have any of the imbalances that I just mentioned, it's always good to chat with your doctor so that they can observe you while you start on your ketogenic diet. And it's always good to have multiple cooks in the kitchen when it comes to that sort of thing. Okay. Next one is that your brain cannot function without carbs. So I think this happens a lot where we start eating keto and then our brain starts to act a little bit funky and then we're like, what's happening? And so we get fearful and we start eating carbs or we've had a doctor or a friend or something say like, no, your brain needs carbs, nothing but carbs in order to function properly. You know, the good thing with this myth is that it's not true or else our species would have died out a really long time ago. While it's true that your brain cannot function on ketones alone, it requires about 120 grams of glucose per day. That glucose does not need to come from carbs. 
Every model of the human body comes standard with this wonderful little process called gluconeogenesis, which literally means the making of new sugar, in which the protein or fat that you eat, so when you eat this protein or fat, regardless of which one, it is converted into glucose. Now, carbohydrates are not an essential nutrient, period, end of story. However, I do preface this with, in some cases, you are going to need to eat carbohydrates, but not usually because of your brain. So if you're worried about the functioning of your brain and the fact that carbohydrates are required, please step away from that and understanding that gluconeogenesis is a powerful process that creates glucose out of the protein or fats that you eat, which is enough to fuel your brain, no problem. Back to today's episode in a sec. If you're not familiar with Paleo Valley, they make one of my most favorite healthful keto snacks, 100% grass-fed beef sticks and 100% pasture-raised turkey sticks, and they're also fermented. Each stick contains 1 billion CFUs of probiotics to benefit the health of your gut and strengthen your immune system. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, free chemical additive, and dye-free, as well as being preservative-free. Many of the flavors are 100% free from carbohydrates and the best part they're really really tasty now you can shop all things paleo valley load up your cart and apply a 20 percent discount code to everything in your cart to take advantage of this offer go to paleovalley.com keto fill up your cart and enter the coupon code keto 20 that's keto 20 at checkout to apply a 20 percent off discount on your entire purchase if you're unsure of the link simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. The third one is that eating cholesterol is bad because, well, cholesterol is bad. And I think, you know, when you look at the standard ketogenic diet and you're looking at all these foods and things that we're enjoying, one might think, um, that's totally going to cause an issue with cholesterol. But not all cholesterol is created equal. It's made up of high-density lipoprotein, or HDL, and low-density lipoprotein, or LDL. Now, the HDL is commonly known as the good cholesterol because it takes what's commonly known as the bad cholesterol, or LDL, out of your blood, preventing it from clogging your arteries. But even in the so-called bad cholesterol, there's an important distinction to make between LDL pattern A, which are the large and buoyant particles, and LDL pattern B, which are the small and dense. It's the latter that you have to worry about, and even so, your propensity to either is largely due to genetics and not diet. Okay, so what you should take away from that is if your doctor is saying that you have high cholesterol and you need to be put on a statin, please ask them to test your LDL particle size by asking for an NMR profile. That's going to tell you the size of your LDL particles and that'll give you a better idea whether you're dealing with A's or B's and what your next steps can be. Okay, the fourth thing that a lot of us get stuck on is that eating cholesterol will give you high cholesterol. So this really ties in with the last piece. Now, cholesterol is really what gave me my period back, keeps my hair shiny, my skin looking healthier than it has been in a very long time. And a cholesterol feeding study in which volunteers ate two to four eggs per day showed that the overwhelming majority of participants experienced very little impact on their overall cholesterol levels. While the remaining minority did experience a slight increase, their ratio of HDL and LDL remained unchanged. 
changed. Genetics play a much larger role in cholesterol levels anyhow, with 75% of it being produced by the liver. So really, regardless of what you eat, your liver and your genetics are going to dictate how your cholesterol performs, not what you're eating. Number five, keto leads to nutrient deficiencies. So this usually comes at like the six month mark when people have been eating keto a while and they go to their doctor and then their doctor's like, ah, oh, you're your zinc's low, your iron's going to be low. Now, this stems from the misconception that eating keto means stuffing your face full of meat and only meat, and it's simply not true. You can enjoy all sorts of wholesome, nutrient-dense vegetables on a daily basis, and even so, in a famous study featured in the Journal of Biological Chemistry, anthropologist Vladimir Stephenson lived in a highly controlled environment for an entire year, eating absolutely nothing but meat and fat. And at the end of the study, he was shown to have no vitamin deficiencies. Now, this is a man who was in really good shape that did this. So your experience might be different. And I'm not saying to put yourself in a box and eat meat every day for 365 days, but it puts a lot of things into perspective. Like I wouldn't sweat it too much and I haven't, and I've been eating this way for five years and my nutrient deficiencies are so much more improved than before I started keto. So my nutrients have gone up and up and up since then. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. Number six, keto causes kidney damage and or kidney stones. Okay, first of all, a recent study has shown that the ketogenic diet may actually reverse, yes, reverse kidney failure in people with type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Secondly, the few studies that have shown kidney damage were associated with a very high protein ketogenic diet. Consuming such a large amount of protein flies in the face of what's suggested to keep your protein intake between 15 and 30% and your fat intake between 60 to 75% on the ketogenic diet. And in regards to kidney stone formation, any risk can be easily subverted with proper hydration, green vegetable intake, and again, reducing that protein consumption. Now, the protein consumption is different for all people. So I can't really say eat exactly this and you'll be fine. But the green vegetable intake, a product that I am so totally in love with is the Paleo Valley Greens Powder. Um, if you just go to paleovalley.com slash keto20, you can see all their products on that page. And their greens powder sells out a lot because it's so good. So hopefully when you check today, it's there. And if you want to um, use the coupon code KETO20, you get a pretty awesome discount on there too. Okay, number seven, keto leads to poor athletic performance. Now, the jury is still out on this one, so I don't believe anyone is claiming to have a definitive answer. I definitely have seen very fast improvements on the ketogenic diet, but it really comes to aerobic versus anaerobic athletes. If you are an anaerobic athlete, you're probably going to need to time your carbohydrates properly. Um, if you're doing like short bursts, you might be okay not, but if they're like a lot of high intensity infill training, you'll probably need to time your carbs. However, if you are more of an aerobic athlete, once you get over teaching your body or relearning how to burn fat as fuel, it's actually quite effortless to maintain this position. Okay, number eight, you'll lose muscle on a ketogenic diet. <laughs> 
So the opposite is true with the ketogenic diet. A true keto diet will actually preserve muscle mass. A meta-regression study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that low-carb, high-fat diets not only lead to a greater loss of fat, but also a greater maintenance of lean muscle mass. You might be wondering, like, how is that even possible? Well, while fat loss isn't as simple as calories in, calories out, you will need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight in the classic way of losing weight. And when you're already a fat adapted through keto and experience a caloric deficit, your body immediately switches over to burning your own fat stores for fuel instead of burning muscle, lowering your metabolic rate. So this is the calories in calories out model. Now with a ketogenic diet, we're more in an endocrine based model, but when we're eating keto and, and I'm going to preface this like a big capital letters, like hear me out. If your hormones are balanced and you're on keto, it's going to be a muscle sparing activity. <laughs> but if your hormones are not balanced and your cortisol is all over the place and your progesterone is low and it should be high and your estrogen is always high, well then this is not going to be the case for you because cortisol will run the show You'll be burning through muscle instead of fat. You'll feel like you're getting fatter and fatter and fatter. And you're like, what's going on? This ketogenic diet isn't working. It's not the keto diet. It's your hormones. So if you go to ketoforwomen.com, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, you can grab that 21 page free guide on how to regulate your hormones using a ketogenic diet. And that'll be a good start for you. Okay, number nine, ketosis is the same as starving yourself. Oh my gosh, how many times have I had doctors tell me this? I don't even know. Since ketone bodies are present in both starvation and ketosis, a lot of people think that they're the same thing. And this one just totally sounds absurd. And it's like, it really bothers me that I have to like fight people on this. And last time I checked, I wasn't starving. In fact, I just had lunch and I'm like pretty full. <laughs> in fact, my body weight is higher than it was when I was, you know, like actually starving myself when I had anorexia. And these days I can make sure to get both adequate nutrition and calories. And the fact of the matter is that while ketosis does mimic some of the same metabolic processes present in starvation, the massive, huge, painfully obvious difference between the two is that you can choose to maintain or even gain weight on keto. And like, hello, we're actually eating here. So like, no, it's not starving yourself. Last a little bit that kind of stops us from doing keto or gets us off keto is that you can't be vegan and do keto. And for that, I say, go check out Dr. Will Cole. He's great. He has a book called Ketotarian, and he will prove to you that you can do keto and be vegan or vegetarian and totally rock your best life. So those are the first 10 pieces that I wanted to go over. And the next piece here, I'm going to be sharing a recording that I did a while back about alcohol on keto. I answer a ton of your questions about whether or not we can drink alcohol on keto how to drink it, what to go for, what kind of mixers I use that are keto friendly. So I hope you enjoy that. And let's cut over to this recording. I'm going to be reading from my first book and my third book, Keto for Women, just pretend I'm holding it. I'm sitting on the floor in yet another hotel room, just straight chilling, aka recording podcast episodes. And I thought I needed a little break from recording the podcast and doing all the things Then I wanted to jump on here and hang out with you guys. So I'm going to read to you. I'm going to answer questions. If you have questions, if my YouTube friends have questions, just write them in the comment box. If my Instagram people have questions, you can write them also in the comment box. I guess I could have killed two birds with one stone there. Hello from the East Coast, real East Coast keto. Hey, guys. Hey. I think you guys are working on a book, aren't you? That's exciting. 
Okay, let's do this, right? So before we get going, for those of you who are new around these parts, I'm doing these book reading events. I started in April. I'm going to go till June until we leave for Panama. Okay, without further ado, today we're going to be chatting about alcohol on keto, <laughs> which is so funny because a couple of years ago, I knew nothing about alcohol. Like when I was writing this book, I had to look up everything because I had no idea what I was talking about when it came to alcohol, I was totally clueless because I had gone many, many years without alcohol. I can't even remember at this point. It had to have been at least eight. I don't even know. Maybe I wrote about it. I can't remember. But I wasn't a drinker. And then we moved into a sailboat and we were out on the ocean and I drank. <laughs> like, I just need a drink. There are some days that are so stressful and the only way that I can just like wind down and yeah, I can meditate and all that. And I do, but the only way I can wind down in a social setting, watching the sunset is with a sundowner. I just, I need alcohol. I mean, I don't need it, but I'll maybe have like one drink every other day and I really enjoy it. But on keto, we do need to be mindful of the types of alcohol that we're drinking and the types of mixers that we're using. So in yesterday's live where we chatted about oils and proteins and sweeteners, somebody, a bunch of you recommended that we talk about alcohol. So I thought today we would chat about all things alcohol and mixers. So again, I'm going to be reading from this bad boy right here and also my newest book, Keto for Women. We are on page, let me see here, 86 of Keto for Women. Okay. From Keto for Women, alcohol is good for you in moderation. Studies focused on the health benefits of having a drink every now and then have found that it may reduce the risk of these health concerns, bone atrophy, cognitive impairment, coronary heart disease, erectile dysfunction, type 2 diabetes. And notice how I said a drink every now and then and may. I wouldn't plan a bender with your pals in the name of strengthening your bones. And if you're someone who doesn't respond well to alcohol or doesn't know when to stop, I'd avoid it. In fact, I personally have avoided alcohol for a very long time, not getting the glass of wine I had to celebrate. Signing the book deal for this very book, which I also did. No, I didn't do for the keto diet. I mean, it all kind of meshes together. When you've written three books, you kind of just don't even know what's in what book or the other book. You're like, it's in my books. Just like get all three of them. You're going to love them. You're welcome, right? Like I just, I can't tell. So that's a little bit about alcohol. We're going to go to the next page. Uh, okay, so the way I see it is there are a bunch of different alcohol choices, some good, some bad, some not so great, some okay. And I think like the most common alcohol for us ladies, which most of you I'm guessing or assuming are women, wine, wine is a big, big, big thing. So I'm going to read about this piece on wine, because not all wine is created equal. And I thought that like, all red and white wine, if it wasn't sweet, like port wine, then it was probably lower in carbs than other options. And I didn't, I just thought it was like grapes that were fermented, but that's not the case at all. There are wines that are super, super bad and have sugar and flavors and everything. So I'm going to read from page 88. Now I have the digital version of Keto for Women up on my laptop. That's why I keep moving Instagram video over so I can read. Wine has no nutritional label and no ingredients label. How do you know if what you're 
how do you know what you're really drinking? In short, you don't. And then there are potential wine ingredients that you'd probably be best avoiding. How do you find a good wine? Look for wine that is organic or biodynamically farmed. This means it's free of most spray chemicals, including pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, insecticides, and chemical fertilizers. Like wine has a lot of this stuff, guys. Second, you want to look for dry farm, dry farm wines or dry farm vines get their water from natural rainfall, which requires the roots to dig deeper and search for the water. The deeper the roots go, the more nutrients that they have access to, which makes for a healthier wine. Number three, you want to look for a wine that's additive free. Additives are sometimes used to change flavors, add coloring, increase sweetness, and a whole lot more, but you don't want to put them in your body. Additives include, but are not limited to, sulfites, grape juice concentrate, tartic acid, oak essence, coloring, commercial yeast, egg whites, what else? Pasteurized whole skim or half and half milk, uh, granulated cork, you have gelatin, soy flour. Can you believe this, that there's this stuff in wine? It's crazy. Also, you want to look for a wine that's low in alcohol. So alcohol is toxic. So is water and oxygen in the wrong dosage. Dosage matters. Low alcohol wines allow you to enjoy the benefits and taste of wine without feeling like you just got hit over the head by like a brick, a two, four, you know, something pretty heavy, a coconut tree, who knows one of those things you're getting hit over the head with it and you feel like garbage the next day. And that is not the point of drinking. The fifth thing to look for is sugar free. When wines are allowed to fully ferment, all the naturally occurring sugars are converted to alcohol with no residual sugar remaining in the wine and no additives thrown into sweeten it. A wine is sugar free and most American wines are not sugar free. So in the links or the pinned comment below, you'll see alcohol on keto, dryfarmwines.com slash Leanne Vogel. For everyone on YouTube, I've included this in the uh, description of today's episode. So if you want to click down below, check out Dry Farm Wines. That's the only wine that I drink. I've also been playing around with wine spritzers. So I'll use Dry Farm red wine. I haven't done this with white yet. And I'll mix it in with some fizzy water. I've been using the Waterloo fizzy water because I really like their flavors. They have a strawberry one and a grape one. So I'll usually use like half fizzy water and half wine. I use a strawberry flavor and it is amazing. It's amazing. And when you order from dry farm wines, you get one bottle of wine for a penny by going to dryfarmwines.com slash Liam Vogel. And they, they're just the best. And the wine is dry and it's good. And I don't get hangovers by it. It's totally keto. It doesn't have sugar what else? You can get a subscription base. So you can set up like, I want six bottles of wine every two months or 12 bottles of wine every month. Depends how much you drink, but I thoroughly enjoy them. I share them with everyone. When anyone comes on our boat, we always serve it to people that like, like wine and they really enjoy it. And they always ask like, this wine tastes different. What's up with this? And then I explain the different benefits of finding a dry farmed wine. And then I give them the information about dryfarmwines.com. Um, so, I really, really enjoy these guys. So that's wine. Okay. And then I'm going to show you a little um, design in this book right here on the different types of alcohol options. So that's what I'm going to be reading from. It's on page 120. If you don't have um, the book, well, you can go to ketodietbook.com to grab your copy. And again, it's page 120. Back to today's episode in a sec. 
I've been a Fabletics VIP since September 2018 and just saved oodles of money on a pair of Pamela shorts, a Hudson seamless bralette, and my new favorite running around town pants, my Kerrigan joggers. If you haven't heard of Fabletics yet, let me give you the Coles Notes version. It's a website with a lot of workout wear for physical activities from the gym and beyond. And the prices are super fair, meaning if what's stopping you from getting out and moving your body is a fresh set of leggings, you can get the leggings and get out there. Fabletics is offering listeners of the podcast an incredible deal you won't want to miss. Get two leggings for only $24. This is a $99 value when you sign up as a VIP. Just go to fabletics.com slash keto to take advantage of this deal now. You'll also receive free shipping on orders over $49 and international shipping is available too. Again, that's fabletics.com slash keto. Unsure of the link? Simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. So let's just go through each one. Champagne, the best choices are Brut Natural or Brut. That's a good choice if you go for more of the dry champagnes. Uh, we talked about wine, whiskey, bourbon, brandy, scotch, and cognac. I hope that's said that right. I don't really drink con- cognac. These are pretty good. You have a zero carb count, zero sugar. I like to enjoy uh, like bourbon on the rocks. Whiskey is really good with Stevia Cola or just like the Stevia based cola. And they have those new mixers that with Stevia, but I find them like super Stevia. So I just keep the Zevia. And then you have brandy with apple cider vinegar. Seriously, try this. I actually just ordered a bunch of apple cider vinegar concentrates from Canada. And I'm going to play around with adding those to different alcohols. But so, so good with apple cider vinegar. You can even do um, like a steep tea and then chill it in the fridge and then mix that with your brandy. That's also really good. You can even drop a little bit of stevia in there. Um, my personal favorite is from Now Foods called Stevia Glycerite, and that's what I do with all of our mixes. Oh, another great tip for whiskey and especially vodka. And what else do I use? Mostly vodka, whiskey, or tequila. There is a dried tea. Why can I not think of the dried tea powder? Oh my gosh, I totally spaced. I use it all the time. Okay, hold please. I'm going to look it up because it is amazing. Why am I not remembering what they're called? Oh, Peak Tea. P-I-Q-U-E. Gee, Leanne. If you go to peaktea.life slash healthful pursuit, you can save upwards of 25% on this dried tea. And all you got to do is add water to a jar. Add the dried tea powder. Shake it up. Then add your alcohol. Add some ice. Maybe some lemon juice. Guys, seriously. And this is such a great way to flavor your alcohol without adding carbs. And they're beneficial for your gut and all that stuff. Yes, peak tea, awesome stuff. I love it. I can't believe I forgot the name of it. Who am I? It's been a long day. Um, So that's brandy. Then we already talked about white wine. There are also options for light beer. I'm not really a beer drinker. If If anything, I'll go for like a super dry cider. But that's an option too. Your best choice for light beers are going to be things like Beck's Premier Light, Bud Light, uh, Coors Light, Michelob Ultra, Michelob, oops, that's a spelling mistake. I'll be sure to submit that. And MGD. (laughs) These things happen. Okay. And then you have vodka, gin, clear or dark rum. Best choices are going to be On the Rock, 
or on the rocks. Herb infused vodka and water. Oh, oh. Kettle One makes botanically infused vodka. We have all the flavors and I love that stuff just with water and a drop of Zevia. It's awesome. It's botanically infused. The stuff is great. Now, granted, they are not gluten-free, but I don't react to them, so I enjoy them. But if you are celiac, I wouldn't use the Kettle One Botanical Vodkas, but they're very good. Unfortunately, you cannot find them in Canada. I've checked. It's They're just, I can't find them anywhere. But if you are in Canada and you found them, please let me know. Gin with mineral water and lemon slices, rum and Zevia Cola are also good mixers. Then you have hard cider, which we already talked about. Now, the carb count can go from 1 to 30 grams, so you really got to make sure it's like a dry cider. A lot of the times, if you're unsure of the brand, you can always contact them and ask them how long it ferments and if it's a dry cider or if it's overly sweet. Your best options that I've been able to find are Balmer's Original, Mercury Dry, Strongbow Low Carb. Then you have your regular beer. Now that carb count is nine to 13 grams. Stout is gonna be carb count of 20 to 25 grams. And umbrella drinks can have upwards of 90 grams of carbs per drink. Now here's the thing, umbrella drinks. So I order a couple of umbrella drinks. I call them umbrella drinks just cause they're pretty and fancy. I really like regular margarita. Like you can just order a margarita and just ask them to use real, ask if they use real lime juice. So I'll use real lime juice and ask for no agave or no sweetener. And sometimes I'll pack my own. If I know we're drinking, I'll just bring my own stevia and mix it in. And for frozen margaritas, a lot of like little local places will make their own frozen margaritas. So just ask for no triple sec and no sweetener. Now, you also have to make sure that they're not using like a frozen margarita mix because that'll have a lot of sugar. That's really how I order margaritas. I mean, I drink a lot of margaritas more than any other drink. And then at home, I use things like the peak tea packages. I drink dry farm wines with the Waterloo fizzy water that I really like. And that makes like a nice little drink. It also extends wine. Like if I'm having guests over and it's like a spring summery get together and I don't want to use up all my wine I'll mix in the fizzy water with the wine so it's like I'm serving wine but they're not drinking all my good stuff I thoroughly enjoy doing that and then fizzy water is really great the stevia droplets are really great and I think that's about it I just want to make sure that I covered everything for alcohol-based situation. If you have questions about alcohol or anything feel free to post it here champagne red wine stout umbrella drinks yeah i think we covered it guys hey vanessa hi um yeah so that's kind of how i do alcohol on my ketogenic diet mixers and things like that oh other mixers that i didn't even think of kombucha water kavita is really good uh, water kefir um you can use unsweetened cranberry juice I'll sometimes make my own and just like crush some cranberries at the bottom of the jar while I'm mixing it lime juice lemon juice cucumber juice is another good one um, cucumber slices I use a lot of coconut milk that can be another good one. Oh man I have so much fun with alcohol in the boat I wish you guys could all just like come for sundowners is strongbow low carb in Canada I have not seen strongbow low carb in Canada but you could also just look on their website and see if it's there. Because, I mean, there's so many um, liquor stores, it's impossible to know all the things. Prosecco. I'm pretty sure that's okay. Prosecco. Yeah. If it's dry, 
Yes. I crush raspberries as a base for drinks. That is brilliant. Yeah. Any sort of berry crushing and like you don't need like a fancy bar situation. I just use a mason jar and a spoon and I just like crush things, put some ice in there, shake it up, make a drink and repeat. That's my favorite way to make the drinks. You don't need anything fancy. And then you can reuse the mason jar for like making salad dressings. Awesome. So I read from this book right here, The Keto Diet. You can find out more at ketodietbook.com. And then I also read from Keto for Women, just pretend I'm holding it. And I was just told that Prosecco is one gram of carb only. Awesome. Yeah, I thought it was something like that. I just could not remember. I mean, there's so many options. It's good you guys are here. Crush ginger and sparkling water and add like, ooh, for a Moscow mule. Sparkling water and stevia with lime. That'd be really good. Don't Moscow meals. No, I'm thinking um, the Russian drinks. I've made something similar, but I added milk. I mean, there's so many things. So um, yeah, that's from the book. Those are all the alcohol things. Again, if you want to learn more about Keto for Women, go to ketoforwomen.com. And I will see you guys later this week where I'm going to be reading from my cookbook a little bit more. And I hope you guys have a great start to your week. And hopefully I'll see you in a couple of days. Thanks so much for hanging out with me, guys. I loved talking all things alcohol with you today. (laughs) Who knew? Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.